find a baller. My life is more than money and jewelry. My story's so crazy, dog. I said make a movie behind the baller. I went from playing sports to exotic whips. Ain't gotta tell me, dog. I know I'm the shit behind the baller. My life is more than money and jewelry. My story's so crazy, dog. I said make a movie behind the baller. I went from music exec to this podcast. Now I finally feel at home and laugh behind the baller. Yo, 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 what up, ladies and gentlemen? You are listening to the world-famous Behind the Baller podcast, recorded in high-definition stereo sound. I am your host, Ben Baller, not Ben Humble, a.k.a. the Korean Liam Neeson, a.k.a. the Korean Ernie Els, a.k.a. the Asian podcast sensation, a.k.a. the Shank King, a.k.a. Mr. Ben Bogey. What up, man? You are rocking with the best, and what that means is this is a 100% fully independent show. No studio behind us, okay? That even sound right, behind us. Uh, this is also a Dust Brothers production. My guy, Miles Davis. My guy, Jordan Winter, which means this is only museum-quality podcasting on BTB. Happy Monday, guys. How the fuck are you? My voice sounds okay, actually, through the microphone, right? But I'm not feeling so good still. Um, Nick is fine. She barely had any fucking symptoms. And if she did, she had it for like a day, maybe. If anything, it's stress from the kids and me, maybe. Ryder's, he's, he's all right. Seems all right. Maybe has a little fatigue. Kaya, I got my eye on her. You know what I'm saying? Um, and London, which is most important right now, London is half off high alert. He's actually probably good to go outside and be a fool and everything and, and act, you know, whatever. But um, I'm going to get into that in a second. You know what I'm saying? We're low-key fucked right now. What that means is mask mandates for L.A. County begin on July 29th. That's for indoors. People can complain. They could do whatever. I don't know if there's going to be citations, but that's less than two weeks away from now, right? Shit is getting nasty. Motherfuckers are getting it. I feel fucked up. Um, I tested negative, but you know what? I, I don't fucking know. Again, I don't know. And it's fucking summertime. It's hot outside, you know? Last thing I want to do is have a fucking headache or have a sore throat. And again, I don't know, is it the fucking vaping? And I got people who hit me up talking about, yo, vaping's not cool. Motherfucker, I don't give a fuck what you think, if it's cool or not. I'm doing this shit because I needed a little extra edge. I wanted a slight little buzz. I was addicted to the nicotine. Shouldn't have fucking went back to it. Oh, well. You know what? I'm down 20 pounds right now. It's kind of helped it's been positive for my golf game. So call me the Korean John Daly. I wish I could eat that much fucking ice cream. And I wish, actually, no, I don't wish I could gamble that kind of money. But um, look, I want to talk about something that's really important that is going on in my life. And it's probably going on in a lot of people's lives. You could be rich. You could be poor. You could live in the hood. You could live, you know, whatever. You could live in your parents' house. You could live good. Everyone has a friend that has some sort of problem. I kind of, for a little bit, had a crew. Mid-90s, early 90s, I had a crew for a few years. It was four of us with an extended crew of two on one side, extended crew of three or four on the other side. So it could be eight of us at one point, but it was a good four or five of us. That was a solid crew. And I was when I played my role and I was in the cut, you know, there was one dude who was a star. It was my boy, Nick Adler. You know, he's coming from a fucking super wealthy, successful family. 
opposite of what I came from. Not to say that my mom wasn't successful at one point in her life, but she was very hardworking. My dad was a hard worker, um, but more so on the academic level, you know, I, that was really our claim to fame. We didn't have anything else materialistic wise to floss, which is fine by me. Anyways, the point is we had a crew and I'm not gonna lie to you, it was, we had our issues here and there. Everyone was different. And at one point we lived with each other. Well, three of us did. And it was weird. I had my own place still, but I lived at my boy Nick Adler's house in Malibu. And I'd pay rent in the other spot and we were just a crew. And it was weird. It was just a strange thing. And you know, um, unfortunately, two of the guys from the crew aren't doing so well. And I don't need to say the names. And I even think I wouldn't be surprised if somebody who listens to BTB is affiliated with those people, right? I do have people who are listening from all over the place. And I'm surprised myself. I have a niche crowd, I think, at this point. People tune in for certain interviews and certain things. I've been solo on that ass for a minute, and, and I don't mind it, right? And I think last week's episode, or I'm sorry, Thursday's episode was, uh, a lot of people said it was fucking real motivational to them. And, and I appreciate that, right? Because I didn't really have a lot to say, and I wasn't feeling so good. I'm not, not feeling so great now, but this is something I want to discuss because it's important. And some of you guys are driving to work. Some of you guys are listening on the plane. I don't know where. You might be in your car. You might be on your AirPods. You might be on headphones. You might be getting your dick sucked by another guy. I don't give a fuck. Point is, you cannot help people who have problems beyond your capacity. Right? Do you guys understand that? People might have drug problems, might have gambling problems. Gambling problems might lead them to drugs, alcohol, you name it. They might have other issues. I suggest anyone who hasn't seen the movie Magnolia... It's a uh, Paul Thomas Anderson film, P.T. Anderson, one of my favorite directors. And Magnolia is like this movie about a one in a billion chance situation happening. And I want to get into that because I don't trust people. I don't trust numbers. But I do trust patterns. Okay? And that's kind of why it's so hard to fucking stop shanking a ball when you're playing golf, right? Or slicing it. Okay? A golf swing is all about consistency. And when you hit a ball at a motherfucking range, you're swinging a hundred fucking times in one hour. What the fuck is more consistent than that? You know? You got to figure out what the issue is. And it could be a small thing. One little fucking thing. You know, I was told by Trotty, master fitter, tailor-made, you know, uh, trainer, you name it, for Tiger, for all the pros. I mean, tailor-made pros, sorry. That's Rory, that's fucking Colin, that's DJ, that's... Scotty Sheffler, the best fucking players in the world. If Tiger changed his balls from Bridgestone to TaylorMade, he'd have to spend a month using those balls to get his game back. This motherfucker's one of the best ever, if not the greatest ever. Little things need changes. Now, with people, it's not the same. I'm just letting you know that change is possible. Okay? And what I'm getting at is you, me, Nobody. You can't help someone who doesn't want to help themselves. Okay? If you got a person who has an issue, anger, drugs, sex, whatever the fuck it is, it gets to a point where it may overwhelm your relationship, 
people have gone through it. I'm sure you have a dad, somebody, whatever you try to be there for them, try to help them. At some certain point though, they got to seek professional help. Sometimes people think you've abandoned them. Some people want to run away from their problems. I have been a master at running away from problems. I've been a master at going straight face on with them. I haven't had a lot of professional help in my life. I think that's a very fortunate thing, but I'm sure there's a lot of things that are underlying with you know, me breaking down how I was raised. And I don't even think, I don't even know how many episodes that was ago. It might've been a hundred episodes ago when I spoke about my dad whooping my ass, like beyond belief, right? And I think it really was so embedded in, in my life that I don't say it was PTSD, but it was so instilled in my brain that I didn't even realize it had affected me as a parent and everything else. I obviously went the other direction because I don't beat my kids. But at a certain point, you know, you either got to let shit go, you're mad at somebody, whatever. You got to accept the fact that it's like getting mad at a dog. What are you going to fucking do, man? Like, you know, it's <laughs> don't have a dog then, you know? And um, my wife has taught me a lot about the way she was raised and stuff. And there's things I disagree about for sure. Because I believe in discipline and I think that focus is important and there's times with arguments and stuff. And I realize there's not necessarily ulterior motive, but there's anger behind something because she had plans of certain things. And, and, you know, like, it's not about financial situations with my wife or anything like that. It's the fact that, you know, she's got to deal with the kids more than I do. And that's tough. And we're not getting into this. That's straying away from the situation at hand. But if you have a friend who's going through something, you have, you know, may deal with it six, seven times, maybe even eight times, maybe even 12 times. Everyone has a breaking point as a friend. Maybe they don't pick up the calls. Maybe they do certain things. Maybe some people start, you know, they don't even realize it. No, don't give a fuck. Some people, you might have a friend who doesn't care. They'll FaceTime you 700 times. They'll call you 700 times. They don't care if you decline the call, they'll call. I have a good judge in when I can call somebody and when I can't. And you know what? If I can't call somebody, even someone fucking bit Kid Cudi, Scott. Me and Scott call all the time. He doesn't take it personal. I think after maybe the third or fourth missed call, Scott starts to cuss me out and we start getting into it, right? I don't trip on him. I'll call him here and there. I know he's fucking busy. He knows I got a lot of shit going on. He put himself in that situation. So have I. My, um, you know, not necessarily meditation, but my alone time is, we have a lot of similarities. Me and Scott were born a few days apart. Yes, we're you know, 11 years different in age, but, you know, we have a lot of similarities. I think it's a lot of Aquarius shit that's going on. But at a certain point, as an adult, now, you may be a legal age at 18. You may be able to drink alcohol in America at 21. I think a majority, a mass majority of people don't even really become an adult until they're 28 to 30. There's mature people. Oh, I see a person. Oh, she's so mature for her age and this that. Women definitely are more mature and they tend to mature way quicker than men do. I'm still a fucking kid. But no matter how old, how young, or whatever the fuck it may be, at 27, 26, you just start to understand what things you like better, what things, whatever. And I was late bloomer on a lot of shit. Okay, so I figure I throw the gauge, you know, the bar at like 30. If you're over 30, 
and you're fucking up and you don't realize it and you're pushing people away, even worse if you're a parent because you got kids you're bringing up into this world. And remember, kids never ask to be in the world. You don't get points for taking care of your kids. You know, you're supposed to take care of your kids. Again, they didn't ask to be here. It's your responsibility. They're not a fucking dog. No matter how many fucking people try to make that comparison. I hear, oh, parent to two fucking Yorkies. and Shut the fuck up. Most people don't say that if they have kids. I know people who love their dogs, tattoo their dog on them, boom. As soon as that first child came out and they're in that um, hospital room watching that baby come out that shares their DNA and that's creation that you made, yo, life changes. Life begins all over again. What I'm getting at is if you're a grown-ass adult and you got problems and you want to get mad at your friends because they don't want to hear it at a certain point, you've hit that breaking point. And I would never get mad at anybody who says, I want to be around Ben. But you know what? Cool. Don't be around me. And it's fine. Figure it out. Maybe I will. Maybe I won't. Maybe there's too much storytelling. Maybe there's here, here, and here. I am a good judge of character and feeling someone like, oh, this person's kind of like whatever. I also have a lot of friends who are also very busy. All right. If someone has hit your breaking point and they're a close friend, and you need to tell them, like, yo, you need to go see somebody. And at that point, they're pissed, like, oh, you're just going to, you know, that's how it's going to be. Okay, no, because I'm not a motherfucking professional. I'm not a shrink. I don't have any specialties with fucking mental psychology. You know, like, I don't know psychological shit. I can't help you in a fucking, you know, in a situation like that. I don't know about, you know, I mean, I had a, a drug problem at a, a certain point. I had a drinking problem for a short time at a certain point. I've passed all that. I have an addictive personality, you know? I like something. I mean, you guys can't fucking tell. I have 120 fucking seven bear bricks. Anyways, you're not abandoning your friend. Trust me when I tell you this. You're doing them a favor. And sometimes that alone time for them is good. I spend a lot of time by myself in the man cave, certain things. I don't mind if the kids come down here and there. They're not, you know, unwelcome to come join me. It's not that at all. I just have my shit right, reflect and just think about what's going on, what I got to do and everything else. And that's where I'm at in my life. But being alone, a lot of my life, I ate a lot of lunches by myself. Um, don't know if I ate dinner by myself a lot. I mean, I remember going kind of from out of town and or up in San Francisco, you know, and I don't have the kids with me. I'll go eat dinner. What the fuck am I going to do? I don't give a fuck. I might not even sit at the bar. I'll go get my own table if there's one available, Right. I have a by myself meeting at least five times a week. And it's good for you. I tell my wife this often. She has a very hard time being by herself. Um, watching a TV show, totally different. But it's another reason why. I think the age difference. You know, in 10 years, a lot, in over 10 years, a lot has happened. She may be made, you know, more mature in certain things, but in experiences, there's very few people I know in my life. If I had two fingers cut off in my hand, I don't know if people could say, you know, in my life that they've had more life experiences than me, you know, and I have, I have so few friends, but I have thousands of acquaintances, right? I can't fix 
problems that people are having. I could only be a shoulder to lean on. I can be an ear to listen. I could only share my opinion if it's asked or if it's fitting. Or if I'm at a breaking point, I'll explain to them, be like, yo, listen, this is what the fuck I would do. I don't know what you'd do because everyone is different. But I'm not a statue, meaning, you know, I can't just sit there and have you lean on me for four years, two years, no, fuck that. For over a year, you know, you got to go get help. And one of the reasons why I bring it up is because it's tough when you know somebody for 15 plus years. It's a long time. There's people that come in and out of my life. Doesn't necessarily mean we're friends or not friends anymore, whatever. And it doesn't necessarily mean that I hate the person that I'm not speaking to anymore. But when that person decides to drink, decides to act crazy, whatever, doesn't give a fuck, has disregard, unpredictable shit like that, I don't want to be around that shit. I'm a grown ass man. There is no age. No one can say shit except for a senior citizen discount. No one can tell me a goddamn thing about being an adult in life. No matter how immature I am, I know when it's time for me to check out, time out, and step the fuck back. A lot of times when I'm going hard, I'll be like, yo, listen, I'm going hard intentionally. I'm letting myself, I'm ranting, I'm going off, whatever. I'm fucking just letting all the hot air out. I'm a good person to have as a friend. But my family comes first. My three kids come before my wife. My wife comes before my mom. Once me and my wife said, I do, it was us against the world, period, point blank. I've explained that to my wife many, many, many times. But, you know, I don't give a fuck. How close me and my sister were at any point, sorry, you're my sister. I love it. We grew up together. Great. My wife comes before you, period. That's my partner. This is what it is. And the same thing. And there's times where I've even jeopardized my sister's you know, marriage at points and certain things when I was moving in with her because I went broke and I was doing stupid shit. And I appreciate it. But I'm just letting y'all know it's all right to walk away from a dramatic, toxic situation. There's only so much you can fucking do. And it's another reason why people should go seek therapy. Some people say, I can't afford it, can't this. There are people who really can't afford it. I get it. But when you have a Louis Vuitton bag you have a Porsche, you eat once or twice a week at a nice restaurant, or you're going to a nightclub once a month spending thousands, nah, dog, you can afford therapy, okay? And I just, we go back to the numbers and statistics and stuff. I have never lived my life off statistics. I hate it when I see, like, when I watch the NBA Finals or something, it says, Oh, 88% of the time when a team is down three to one, the team that's up has won the championship. Well, that's fucking great. You know, and you do feel the momentum going a certain way, depending on how a team is playing, whatever. But I'm gonna say this. I've never had momentum my way coming up. Right? Like I'm going against the odds. I'm gonna represent that 12% that's down one three. I can't listen to that shit. You know? I never had the odds in my favor until maybe right around mid-2017 when everything, the plan was going as accordingly. 
fucking three plus decades of fucking grinding finally paid off. Right? The Plain Jane song was fucking the icing on the cake. Trademarking Ben Ball did the chain was the icing on the motherfucking cake. And it was that butter cake that don't even need icing. Didn't even need the fucking icing. I just had that shit on there. You know? So, just letting you guys know, man. Watch Magnolia, man. You're going to see some crazy shit. Like, there's a beginning intro. And there's a guy who jumps off a roof. Maybe a spoiler, but it's, it's one small thing. Just to give you a point. A guy jumps off a roof of like a five or six story building. And as he's doing that, a dude commits suicide, or I forgot if he shot his wife or something, but he shoots it. As he shoots himself or shoots the wife, bullet goes through the head and it hits the person that was committing suicide, jumping off the roof. One in a billion chance that it happens. So now they think the person that got shot, you know, jumping off the roof was murdered, but he wasn't. That type shit, right? Believe me, I've talked about this on Twitter before. There have been times when my gut has been so strong about something and I was wrong. And it happens, my wife will never agree with me on this. When she feels bad about something and it goes good, she still has this weird taste in her mouth about things and it's just like, it's a problem. I just have to be like, yo, every situation is different. You know, boom, not every single fucking person with a face tattoo is fucking bad. You can have a preference and you may not like seeing that type of shit and that's your own prerogative, that's fine. But I just wanted to break that down because that's an important life thing, man. I think people have a hard time like, yo, that's my mom, that's my brother, that's this. Yo, man, at a certain point, yo, we got to carry on. Just like this COVID shit, it's fucking things up. Look, you want to wear a mask? All right, cool. I understand life got to go on for some of the people. But you guys are shortening your chances. You guys are putting higher risk situations into your life that don't need to be there. Now, at a certain point, when you put your parents into an old folks home, you know, certain things, it's fucked up. My mom did it with her parents. She, they didn't regret it or anything. They knew they were just too fucking old. When my grandpa was driving and crashing into shit, like, all right, dog, this is it. This is what's time. My dad drove to fucking Vegas, didn't even know where the fuck he was going, didn't even make it. And some all other shit that's too personal I'm going to get into with my stepmom and rest in peace to her. But you just have to seek to a professional, right? Just because you have a person like, oh man, my aunt is the best, man. She talks to everyone, she helps them out. Great, she's not a professional. And if it works for you, great. But you know, people trip out. I hate when people say, oh man, you do this so much. What's so much? 12 times out of 700,000 times I've done that. What I've yelled, I've raised, I talked about Steve. I'm just giving up a fucking fictitious situation. Talk bad about Steve 12 times. And I've mentioned his name 100,000 times. That's not even 1%. How are you going to say so much, so many times? I really have a problem with that type of shit. That is fucking gaslighting, even though I fucking hate that word. That's truly what it is. And people have a problem doing that. They don't want to fucking think about it. People gaslight you. It's fucked up. And I'm just not a big fan of that type of shit. Right? Anyways. Um, yeah, I'm feeling like shit. I got a golf lesson today. I'm not contagious, whatever. 
definitely gonna get my shit popping. I'm gonna talk about that a little bit later in the show. I had a before we get into the commercial break, I had my boy Takashi Murakami, world renowned contemporary artist, beyond famous, beyond recognition, calls me to tell me that some jeweler in Los Angeles who I've never heard of in my fucking entire life had copied our collaboration flower diamond piece. He didn't make it spin. He just made it stationary, you know, a flower piece. He made it um, one color or whatever, just like one solid thing. And it just looked like a complete bite. Not only was it a complete bite, he used the same exact style bale. It was just a total fucking ripoff. Now, I understand there's inspiration. There's certain things as people who custom shoes and they want to bite off shit, whatever, boom. And, you know, they want to get inspiration from Virgil because that's it. No one ever wants to go their own route. Like Salehi Bembury. He went his own route. When he did his Crocs, he was like, fuck this. He went literally and created his own mold. He has a lane now forever, maybe, with Crocs. or however long Crocs. He changed the game, right? I have changed the game in a lot of things. But what you don't do is, it's one thing to bite another jeweler. It's another thing when you are fucking with someone's IP. That's intellectual property. When you're fucking with someone's copywritten, trademarked artwork, you're a fucking cornball period, point blank. Do it right. Do it official. Don't do bootlegs. Okay. I understand that jewelers try to imitate me, whatever. And they try to, Oh, nobody had an invisible lock on their Cuban chains or anything else. Never, never saw it once. Okay. I made one. A couple of people started hitting me up. Even Greg Unum was like, yo, you Mr. Floss time. Hey, how did you do this? Can you send me one? Boom. And it was cool. I didn't mind it. You know, Greg's a homie. But it's like, I see so many people do it, and they do it wrong. They do it, they just try to do their own twist on it. But like, nah, bro, this is where it started. Okay? Understand, you want to imitate me? Go your own path. Don't go which way I'm going or anyone else is going. Okay? This shit took me 17 fucking years to get where I am today in the joy business. There are no elevators no matter how much money you may start with, cheaters will get exposed. You have to take the fucking stairs. All right, you got to take the stairway. But shout out to my dog, Murakami. He had sent a fucking letter. He's like, yo, y'all about to... You don't even realize, man, this dude's attorneys like represent Andy Warhol and shit. Like, you don't have any idea. Like, no one understands how much of a fucking nightmare it is until you get sued. Even for a petty shit, but for some shit that's real. Like, that's just dumb. and just fucking stupid. Real quick, sorry, man, I wanted to just say this real quick. One of my little homies, young Corey, he has a brand called Circulate. He has been a friend of mine for 13 years. I met this kid when he was barely 18, might have been even 17, in a nightclub in San Francisco. He was working an event that I made an appearance at. We became homies, helped him get his job at Diamond Supply. He has his own brand now that has been featured in the NFL. It's, I got celebrities, he has celebrities wearing this shit. I, I gave this dude a car. You know what I'm saying? He needed a car. I was like, yo, bro, I got a car and don't even trip. You can drive this for a while. 300 fucking dollars a month. Fuck Uber. Dude was on EBT for a while. He was on government assistance. Dude is crushing it right now. About to drop one of the biggest fucking collaborations, like bigger than something I've even done in that, in that area. And I'm super proud of him. He's going through a tough time right now. I just wanted to spotlight a little bit on Corey because he's a good kid. He's a skater. He's actually a really good dancer. and People don't even know that. I don't even know if he does dancing anymore. But he's a good kid. I gave him a lot of shit. I gave him a lot of tough love. And even through the tough love, 
this dude is defending me when I haven't been around. And he's just a good kid trying to find his way. And he's going through his growing pains that any young black kid might be going through. And I just wish him the best. And I want to mention his name here on the podcast. But yeah, we're going to go pay some bills and we'll be right back, y'all. Nobody likes waiting on a paycheck, especially when you got bills due. Good thing there's Chime. Now you can get your paycheck up to two days early with direct deposit. That's up to two more days to save, pay bills, and generally just feel good about your money situation. But Chime is more than just about getting paid early. It's also an award-winning mobile app, checking account, debit card, and optional savings account. What are you waiting for? Huh? Hopefully not your paycheck. Get started with Chime today. Applying for a free account takes less than two minutes. You can get started at chime.com slash baller. That's C-H-I-M-E dot com slash baller. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp or Stride Bank N.A. Members of the FDIC Early access to direct deposit funds depends on payer. Shopping for new clothes can be time-consuming and stressful. When it comes to looking good, Stitch Fix has you covered. Say goodbye to endless browsing and hello to fresh picks curated for your size and your taste. Shopping for clothes can be daunting. You never know if things will fit. Returns are difficult and sometimes You don't even know where to start. Whatever your lifestyle, now more than ever is the time to rock it. But maybe you can use just a little nudge to find some new looks. That's where Stitch Fix can help you out. It's easy and fun to get started. But first, take a few minutes to set up your Stitch Fix style profile. Answer a few questions about what you like to wear, what you don't, and how open you are to trying new styles. Then... Stitch Fix's expert stylists will go to work, finding items exclusively for you. Every piece is handpicked for you and is unique to your size, style, and in your budget range, making it the best way to discover clothes that make you look and feel your best. Stitch Fix will send you five pieces to try it at home. Keep what you love, send back what you don't. Shipping, returns, and exchanges are easy and free. Plus, there's no subscription required. Try once or set up automatic deliveries. There are no hidden fees ever. Sign up for Stitch Fix and get the season's latest pieces for women, men, and kids. Sign up today at stitchfix.com baller to get $20 off your first purchase. That's stitchfix.com baller to get $20 off your first purchase. Limited time offer. Purchase within two days of sign up. What up, y'all? We are back. I just wanted to say, like, because golf is such a humbling game, right? And that's different. How I approach life is totally different. Me being humble throughout my life from high school to right now. From 19 fucking 88 to right now. 
would not have got me where I am today. Did I try it? I tried being humble here and there. I didn't like it, whatever. It's just not for everyone. Okay. Might be braggadocious and, you know, talk about things that I've done, accolades, whatever, boom. But it's not bragging if you're telling the truth. Okay. Again, being humble is not for everybody. Being humble didn't get me where I am today. Being humble is not going to get me where I want to be in life. I've toned down my life a lot, but, you know, just letting you guys know out there that, you know, some people humble yourself. No, 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 dog. I know when I'm in my place. I talk shit when I'm down. I talk shit before the game starts. I talk shit after the game. It don't motherfucking matter. My name is Ben Baller, not Ben Humble. I'm supposed to be in San Francisco tonight until Thursday night. And I was taking London with me. I was going to try to handle some shit with uh, my strain and other people that are just like really probably need, you know, a good sit down. And um, shout out to Green Door. Shout out to Cookies Merced. Shout out to Dave and Joel, my partners. These guys are just, you know, they do their thing. And, and they're also a whole sponsor for uh, the Wash Lord Invitational. I appreciate them coming up. And um, even though we do have a lot of people who want to come in, I'd rather have and curate the people who I want to have holes there. And kind of through a mix of people too. So that's some shit that I've never really been involved in. And kind of like, all right, cool, this is dope. And let me have these people come in. Some people came in and were like, they were like a doctor or some shit. And they, or they represent like a tech company. And didn't even care. They just wanted to to pay for a sponsorship. And it was crazy. I don't know. It was just really, really, it was, it was, it was nice and heartwarming. Anyways, I'm bummed out because... I'm not feeling great, but more so, I don't want to go on a plane, be at the airport, risk Lenny getting sick, risk me getting worse, right? And Kaya's not feeling super great. Kaya turns five on Saturday. This Saturday is Kaya's fifth birthday. That's a milestone. That's my baby girl. It's my last child. Not having any more kids. So, wouldn't say we spent a fortune, you know, we for the most of the kids' birthday parties, we've gone pretty hard. And um, spent some good money, you know what I'm saying, on this birthday. And, and more so, I don't want to fuck it up for my daughter. She's been thinking about it all week. And she's been not feeling good. I just, no. It's too big of a risk. And um, on top of that, there's shit I could do here. So I'm going to push the trip to San Francisco back a little bit. And I'm going to stay long. I'm going to stay for like five days. And really get to just be in the bay and chill out and relax. Ideally, I'd love to fucking drive my Tesla in the Bay. The only thing is my Tesla ain't going to fucking make it to the fucking Bay. You know what I'm saying? Cause that motherfucker is too low. Actually, you know what though? We still have an SUV. I might consider driving up cause I'm going to bring my mother-in-law with me, have a good time, but have a nice car up there. I got to figure it out. I really might fuck around. Now, nah, you know what? That drive is just nothing nice. Though. That motherfucker is a nasty drive. But if COVID gets really bad again in the next couple weeks. I might fuck around and we might drive. We'll see. We can figure it out. I think we can make it work. Um, anyway, so we canceled San Francisco and I'm kind of bummed about that. You know, I was talking about this before, about being alone and spending that time. Reflection is a great exercise. And during the times I reflect on my life, whether I've been talking, I've been thinking about the 90s a lot lately. I had some friends I'm gonna talk about in a second who came 
around. I haven't seen them in forever. I really think about what got me here today, what mistakes I've made. You know, most of the mistakes i made are probably where they're the most important things, but just adjustments that I need to make in my life, financially, you know, sports-wise. I mean, we're about to fucking, we're entering a really bad recession. I'm praying that it just turns around. I don't know how it could. I know what I can do, but I'm in a different situation, right? I have a head start compared to other people. You know, people out there who are depending on a $2,000 stimulus check, you know, shit, man. You know, it's, it, I'm in a different situation with them. And I see situations like Delonte West and things like that, and it just depresses me. See situations where people have made $70 million in their NBA career, and now they're down to a few million. And now their lifestyle didn't just change, but they got to think about something else and, you know, pivot because they have to. But some people, you know, they're all right with it and whatever. And it's just, that's the journey in life they take. But reflection is a really important thing that people should do. And over the weekend, my boy Todd Light, Super Bowl champion. I forgot if Todd Light won the Jim Thorpe. No, that's Charles Woodson. Todd Light won a ring with the Rams in St. Louis. I DJ'd his wedding. He was a star at Notre Dame with my boy Tony De Niro, aka T Smooth, player with Mick, Rick Meyer, Jerome Bettis, a lot of players on their team that were friends of mine. And I they were introduced by Todd. But he was one of the most coolest dudes that from Flint, Michigan, of all places, too, tough place. One of the coolest, well-rounded dudes that was in the NFL, was open-minded was just an all-around great guy. Crazy part is, I only know dude, even though I knew his homies and stuff, because he married a very close friend of mine, Stephanie. My friend Stephanie and I caught up, and their kids are in high school. Uh, they go to modern day. One's in track. The other one's, I forgot what she's doing, but we just caught up and talked about a ton of shit. Stephanie was best friends with this other girl. I won't say her name. And another one of her very good friends is girl, Alexis Pfeiffer, who I mentioned on the show a few times, that's Kanye's ex-girlfriend. They were together for a very long time. Like, shit. I want to say like eight years almost, maybe. And uh, 808 Heartbreaks was about her. Everything. This was before Kanye was famous. He was with Alexis for a long time. I've known Alexis since she was 18. So Stephanie spent a lot of time around Kanye and stuff, whatever. And everyone's life has changed. Todd became a coach at... Uh, University of Oregon, he was a coach in Vegas, he was a coach for the Philadelphia Eagles, he's like, fuck this, I'm about to come back and really be involved in my kid's life, we caught up, it was just really good catching up, and the crazy part is, there was no awkwardness, she's like, you know what, fuck this, I'm gonna message Ben on Instagram and see, thank God I saw the message, and that's one cool thing about, you don't gotta talk to somebody every year, every two years, every three years, every day, every week, some people do, some people don't, I was super tight with this girl, in the mid-90s, we, you know, probably stopped really talking a lot in the 2002, 3-ish, you know, um, he had moved to St. Louis, it was just different, and just different things, and, and you know, she's a mom, whatever, it was just awesome to slide right back in and just chop it up with both of them, I'm gonna try to see them this week, and whatever, but it was just fucking amazing. Real quick, I've been begging and dying to watch a fucking movie, show, or anything. And Miles hits the BTB group chat and gives me this show called Blackbird on Apple TV. Man, BTB Army, 
this fucking show is lit. This show is incredible. There's three episodes out right now on Apple TV. Fourth episode drops on Friday. I was fucking pissed because I thought they were all ready to go. I thought there was six or seven episodes I was ready to watch. I was ready to binge. I could not stop watching this shit. I went to tell my wife. She couldn't stop watching it. It is Ray Liotta's last body of work. It's the last time he's acted in anything. He died, you know, during the filming of this show. Great show about a drug dealer from Chicago. Might actually be the suburbs of Chicago. And gets busted, goes to jail, and they're trying to use him to catch a serial killer. And that's pretty much as much as I can say. You could read the little bio, but it's fucking really, really, really good. I told you guys, anything that's got to do with Las Vegas or jail, and I am in. Any real feature film that's got to do with gangs, I'm in. And this has a mixture of everything. Just not Vegas. I mean, not, not yet, at least, that I know of. Blackbird. Fucking awesome. Don't know anybody that there's... The dude's mom was in this TV show, Dirty John, that I fucking love, by the way, with Eric Bana. Uh, Ray Liotta, of course. Other than that, there's nobody else on the show that I know. Pretty much all new actors. Really, really fucking good. Highly suggested. 10 out of 10. Um, so this last Thursday, oh, Friday, sorry. Friday, I connected with my dog, DK Metcalf, WR2. I hate saying that because it sounds like it's a bad thing, right? Because Tyler Lockett be WR1. But DK is, to me, top 10 wide receiver in the NFL. He is just a beast. Strength, speed, everything. He's just an amazing dude for the Seahawks. We played golf about an hour and a half. He's never really swung a club before. He's probably a couple times. And obviously, he's four inches taller than me. Five inches almost, right? And, um, you know, he's just swinging the ball. And every time he connected, though, smashed the ball out of the fucking earth. And thank God my coach Ron was there. Ron was giving a few advice tips. And every time he said something, DK picked it up faster than I did. And he was like, yo, this dude's smart. You know, he's an athlete. He's younger. He's more flexible. He's got more, you know, just athleticism than I do, obviously, at my old age. But we got to chop it up. He was hitting the balls. He loved it. He's like, yo, I'm about to fuck this golf game up. And then the funny thing is Tyler Lockett had played 18 that day. So it was just like a funny thing. And Quandre's starting to play now. So... I'm excited, but the cool thing is, told you guys during Jordan's bachelor party that me and Tyler Lockett had a really good talk about the Seahawks. DK even gave me more faith in the Seahawks, and we really had a good talk about that shit, and DK is really wanting to get into golf, but, you know, obviously during the season, he shouldn't be playing, so it's probably not going to be till February or so. I think we're going to shock the world this year, man. I think it's going to be exciting, and, uh, you know... I'm excited to fucking go back to Seattle during the season and everything else. But um, Ron Del Barrio, a.k.a. RDB, fixed my swing in five or six minutes. Told you guys about my Angeles game, and it was just whatever. I still was able to break 100 and shank the fuck out of a lot of balls. Lost cold balls, so I had to take the ball drop and the L's there. No mulligans. My putting was impeccable that day. But I'm playing with George Lopez this week for the first time, just me and him. I've played in this tournament, but we've never played together. And we talk here and there, both busy. He's got two TV shows going on. He's got movies. So Ron fixes my swing. London has a golf lesson on Friday. Well, I'm sorry. He's at this golf academy for his, his school team. And London wins, by the way, against a kid who I said has probably had the most prettiest swing in the world. The key is get the ball in the hole. That's the key, Period matter whatever it is. London's going to get there. 
He's got a lesson later today as well. But Ron fixed my swing in five minutes. And it was literally my grip and the distance of my arms not being close together. That right there changed everything. With a little bit of a, a wrist hinge, I literally went to Griffith Park, hit 75 balls, maybe two to four balls max, sliced, slightly shanked, not far anything, just didn't have perfect. I had every other ball was damn near perfect. So I played nine holes over the weekend just to play. I hit four over uh, par. It was good all around with everything, and it just changed me. The only thing now is my wedges is kind of weird because with the what I was going with, um, the way I'm hitting the balls now, the club face is kind of confusing me, but I'm going to find out today. I'm sure he's going to adjust that. But having my swing back and having it look better than it's ever looked and now looking like a fucking seasoned amateur, you know what I'm saying? My swing looks right now where people are like, yo, there's people, your shit's terrible, your shit looks terrible, this looks terrible, to saying like, yo, your shit's starting to look right. Just off an adjustment. And trust me, I've been taking lessons for seven months. And I didn't pay attention to everything. I'm trying to do what I can, but you know, it's it's not easy to literally, you have to fall into place. It's going to be easier for someone in their 20s who's kind of had some athleticism in their 30s. Motherfucker, I'm almost 50. But thank you, Ron, for fixing my shit. That just, man, put me in a different place. I'm excited to get 18 in this week. I might get it in twice this week because uh, my boy Brandon Lee, Brandon Thomas Lee, not Brandon Lee, rest in peace, but this is Tommy Lee and Pamela Anderson's son. Uh, he's a member at Sherwood. Sherwood's one of the nicest country clubs in all of California. So I'm excited to play there too. Got a lot going on, whatever, but I'm just thankful for Ron. We got the MLB All-Star here um, in LA right now. There was a celebrity game yesterday, or the day before yesterday, I think. There's a home run derby today. I got an event for XL Sports Management. We have an event tomorrow that I'm going to, a uh, private event for Derek Jeter. Obviously, XL represents Jeter and so many other All-Stars in the, in the All-Star game. Um, I will not be going to the All-Star game. I don't care to. And I don't even know. You know, I just kind of want to chill out because I'm not feeling so great. So I'm going to have my golf lesson today. If I feel good enough, go to this event. If not, no big deal. But, you know, excited for the future. Excited for this new pivot towards golf for real, for real. And I can't wait to show you guys this Wash Lord merch. And I'm talking about like really taking it to not just the Invitational, but really having this Wash Lord golf gear. That's where it's really going. But yo, y'all, I'm starting to feel hoarse in the throat. Pause. I need to just relax a little bit, do some stretches. It's early as a motherfucker. I feel it's hot as shit outside. And uh, I will see you guys back on Thursday. I appreciate everybody here. Please, if you haven't subscribed to the show, just hit the subscribe button, whether it's on Spotify, Amazon, Stitcher, whatever the fuck it is, Apple. Please hit the subscribe button. It helps me a lot. Helps me give you guys better content as well. Tell a friend about the show. They need something to listen to. Suggest Behind the Baller. And I appreciate you guys. My man Lakey Lake right now is going to take us home. All right, y'all. See you guys. Peace. Peace.